Hello and welcome to Head Mounted Destinations, a podcast about VR and VR game development. We provide our perspective as developers and provide a peek behind the curtain for people interested in how VR games are made. I'm your friendly neighborhood host and level designer, Carlos. And I'm Matt. I'm a gameplay programmer. Today we're talking about Stride. We played Stride for a while and took a deep dive into it, and now we're going to share our thoughts on the game, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we're going to start with the good. Stride is the self-proclaimed high-octane parkour adventure in virtual reality. Similar to Mirror's Edge, you will be a free runner going across rooftops in a futuristic metropolis. You'll have the ability to vault, swing, roll, and shoot your way through intense, action-packed adventure. We've talked a little bit about it in an earlier episode where we go deep diving into locomotion methods, but today we'll be focusing on the game itself. Stride released in early access as an alpha version in September 2020, and it's been getting updates throughout the year. And Stride most recently dropped their version 9.0 update, which included a lot of changes and reworks and redesigns, which is why we decided to jump into the game and give it a try. When it originally released, it was just the endless mode, right? It was procedurally generated level segments and you're just climbing through trying to run from like a wall that's encroaching faster and faster behind you until you run out of time and if you fall then you just respawn back and you lose some time and since then they've added like a time trial mode where you're trying to beat times you know compete on a leaderboard or beat your previous times and then they added an arena mode we were running around completing different objectives in like a set map. Right. And the time trial mode is very specifically focused on speed. Nowadays, there are no enemies in that mode. Arena is a combination of the combat plus the agility paired with the objective. Something that's notable about the game is that it has a bunch of different mechanics for movement. Like it's not just parkour in the sense of you know you're like scrambling over obstacles it has the wall running which is like not even physically plausible and it has like grappling hooks and zip lines and all these things and now you know they have glass panes that you can jump through and there's the gun mechanics so i think it's it's just interesting how it's this whole range of mobility mechanics that you're sort of switching between the things that you're doing as you're moving through a level, like you're chaining together these sort of discrete actions. Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit with Against, right? Where right. We, we're switching between the brass knuckles and the sword and the this and the that. But in stride, you're switching between pumping your arms to sprint, lifting your arms to jump, maybe reaching out and grabbing something to get on a zip line or like reaching out and, you know, activating the grapple hook to then do a nice like Spider-Man swinging action. Yeah. But all of this is happening like so frequently that you never really get stuck doing one action for too long. Definitely, I would say the clambering over things and jumping are like the meat and potatoes of what you're doing in the game yeah and i think we called this out in a previous episode but there's a really nice pairing there because the way that they have you jump is you press a button and you move your arms upwards and the way that you clamber over something is you press a different button and you move your arms downwards basically and so you know it's chaining that together where once you clamber over something you're probably going to be jumping off of it so 
down to up. And then as you're flying through the air, you're probably going to grab onto something and haul yourself up onto a ledge that's up to down. And that's like a really nice, literally a loop, like a gameplay loop. Yes, it presents a very good, clean kinesthetic loop of like body actions alongside whatever gameplay is happening and just to make sure you know we cover everything we need to right we've talked about the jumping where you hold a button lift both arms up the clambering there's sprinting where you know if you hold forward you'll just sort of walk or jog forward but if you start pumping your arms like you're actually running then it gives your character a bigger speed boost so you're now kind of switching between like pump action pump action okay both arms up in the air now the arms are coming back down now the arms are alternating their pump action and it just continues on like that sometimes getting broken up by the act of like reaching into your like side armpit holster for your gun that's like the only sort of unique action besides maybe zip lining that i could think doesn't really match that loop of going like up down up down yeah an interesting detail and i don't want to get too detail oriented this this early into the episode but you know we've seen quote unquote arm swing locomotion in a number of different games yeah they're all implemented a little bit differently in this one it's actually only looking at the vertical motion of your hands it's not looking at horizontal motion at all so you can just hold your arms out in front of you and move them up and down and you'll start moving forwards and I think that's a great choice because it plays directly into the sort of up-down cycle of where your hands are and where they're going naturally. And so your arms are always going to be positioned sort of out in front of you, up or down. I half agree with you. Like experientially, I think it's a good visual and stuff, but I played uh, an hour or so uh, most recently, just like in one in one go, I was like playing for 60 plus minutes and I noticed my elbows were starting to hurt from like doing the sprint action. Like once I discovered, yeah, just hold your controllers out in front of the headset and, you know, pump. I was kind of jokingly thinking of that Johnny Bravo dance where he's, where he like sticks his arms out and is just waving them up and down. But like, yeah, I don't know if maybe I was holding my arms the wrong way or just basically at some point I had been shown or realized like, yeah, actually, my sprint is being interrupted by the fact that I am actually realistically like pumping my arms as if I'm sprinting, meaning they are horizontally translating the controller across my waist or something like that. And the game was actually kind of stuttering my sprint when I was doing that. Mm -hmm. And that made me, if anything, work harder to make the sprint more continuous, which just made the issue much worse. So finally, when I was like, oh, this is the easy, quote unquote, way you're supposed to do it, where you just hold the controllers in front and go up, down, up, down, up, down. That was good for giving me a smooth, consistent sprint. But after playing for like 30-ish or so minutes, I did start to feel wear and tear on my elbows and a little bit on maybe like my forearm muscles or my bicep. Like it, my body was mad at me for basically having like t-rex arms but also pumping like i'm running hmm yeah i mean that's something we, we talk about is like you have to take into consideration the ergonomics of your actions as well i don't know what the fix is for that yeah i mean i'm curious if like maybe something closer to sprint vector because that had much more exaggerated wide pulling strides well, so I went back and I played Sprint Vector because I was curious. I wanted to compare different implementations of this sort of arm swing locomotion. 
And in Sprint Vector, you know, they have this sort of cycle of you press the trigger and then you release it. And while mm-hmm. the trigger is pressed, all velocity from your hand is uh, applied to your motion as a player. So any horizontal forwards to backwards motion is going to push you forwards. Any vertical motion is not going to to move you forwards. And any side to side motion is going to impart lateral velocity uh, rather than forwards. And so A, the fact that they have the cycling where you press the trigger, you move your hand, you reset, you press the trigger, you move your hand means that it's a lot easier to capture player intent because they're explicitly signaling this is the motion I want to add. B, the motion of your hand doesn't directly impact the motion of your body. They take the amount that you've moved and the speed and they put that through a function and they add that to the player velocity and then they have a separate function for bleeding off speed. So you can pump real hard a couple of times and you'll get going fast and then you can coast and your velocity will bleed off slowly. And so what that means is Unlike in stride, you don't have to continuously pump at like a constant up and down. You'll move smoothly despite the fact that you're not providing smooth inputs. Whereas in stride, I think they do have a little bit of that model where it it adds to the velocity and then the velocity bleeds off, but it's much, much faster. So you can even notice a jerkiness in your speed if you are not pure, like very, very consistent with how fast you're moving your hands up and down. Exactly. And that jerkiness is like a form of negative player feedback which then tells you like oh i'm not doing it exactly right like i need to try harder or i need to try something else and it induces motion sickness right yeah you're kind of jaggedly like speeding and slowing the player uh which you never want to do changing the velocity of the player you know imparting acceleration is the thing that makes your inner ear go this isn't right you know, that end rotation. So yeah, the game could be a lot more, I guess, polished on that end of like improving the flow of the game. The game is already very flowy in terms of moving through the environment, but it's not, it could be better in terms of making the player movement, the camera smoother and that kind of thing. Yeah. Would you say that's like the general sense of momentum maybe? Yeah. I don't know exactly how, like how I would term it. Uh, You know, another example of that issue where it's it's although you're flowing through the environment it doesn't feel as smooth as it could is i noticed when at least when i was playing arena there's a lot of like snapping of my position as i'm going across you know these ac units and these chain link fences and clambering over these railings like my camera would just jump like a noticeable amount to a new position yeah and it didn't interrupt my flow through the environment like that was still smooth just because it was very lenient about what you can grab and what you can clamber over. But my visual experience was very discontinuous. Yeah, I feel that. And I think I ran into that issue a couple times when I was in arena as well. Like I would I would jump for a building and then, you know, try to grab onto something and suddenly I'm either grabbing onto it and not realizing it because it jittered me without me real like I'm up against a wall. I can't really tell that I just shifted up like six inches or something like that. Which often actually led to me <laughs> not realizing, like, I, sna- I snapped, grabbed onto something and just being like, uh, okay, well, just let go and I end up dying or something. Yeah. The other thing that happened to me that was really pulling me out of the experience, and full disclosure, I was playing on Steam via AirPlay through my Quest, so this could just be an AirPlay slash 
airplay cross steam vr issue but any time the freaking glass broke my game would just temporarily freeze like not like freeze me in place or anything but like glass would shatter all of a sudden like the steam home environment like came back and the like loading screen for stride that little window would appear and this was just consistently with like every single glass shattering yeah i didn't notice anything so egregious but there definitely was some sort of hitch or performance issue around glass but yeah it's definitely something that i'm like ooh. Anything that stops your momentum in this game should not be in this game. Yeah, it's a really interesting just sort of dichotomy where the like high level player experience is actually pretty good. Like, yeah, I had moments in arena where I was like, okay, I need to get over to that rooftop so I can like go through, you know, this gap and jump over to this building and clamber over that thing. And I was like mapping out my path through the level and then also just really fun to like clamber over stuff occasionally like i can't see over that ledge but i'm gonna leap of faith because i know i can probably find something to grab onto on the other side of this chasm and like that was amazing it's it's a lot of fun to play this game all the modes are fun but then also there's just all these little disturbances at the low level that like really detract from from that experience Yeah, and before we start getting more into those things that detract, I just want to take a step back and highlight what works within this game, at least for me personally. Like, the mobility is awesome. The game nails the experience of feeling like a daring parkour person on some fantastical rooftop setting. An additional thing is that the game modes cater to all playstyles within the design space, Like, you have your endless runner mode, which is, like, primarily focused on running, but occasionally gives you enemies. You have the timed run, which is very just purely focused on, like, the parkour, pathfinding, and execution aspect. And then the arena leans into the combat side more, I think. Arena leads most into the combat side because it just populates enemies around. It has three objectives one of which is like kill the enemies the other two are you know race through these checkpoints and uh pick up these items that are on the ground at like various points through the map and yeah. the dynamic like mapping that you're talking about where it's like yeah i'm going to like crash through the glass run through this office I- interior oh shit there's a guy right behind the wall of that office cubicle let me slide pop 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 and then you jump through another window to pick up like a dead drop off of a rooftop it's so cool it just nails that experience so nicely and the other thing i wanted to call out with the arena is that whenever you complete an objective it activates a new objective for you right after and the goal of the game is basically complete as many objectives as you can before you die but i think it's a great note on novelty that they give you like a new objective without having to reload the level or whatever let's be honest the objectives are really just excuses to go point to point and occasionally shoot enemies like there's not much difference between reach this checkpoint and pick up this bag like really what it is is the game was originally this sort of linear arcade experience you know we've this yeah. is a very popular format where it's okay you've got some mechanic you go forwards in a level and then it either finishes or you die and they took that and they're like oh these are like great traversal mechanics what if you just were going around in an open environment and it's like okay well go from this point to this point in this open environment i guess 
as you know the objectives are less important than than the experience that it gets you to have trying to complete them right right i guess what i'm trying to say is the objectives didn't really feel like an integral part of the experience it just felt like an excuse to play the game in a certain direction in this open level I would say Arena is probably most focused on the player becoming familiar with an environment and then creating their own routes through that environment. Whatever the objective is, like, the spots aren't necessarily the same all the time, so you end up getting this kind of, like, familiarity with the map. You start making your rounds. It's almost like you're playing, like, Rust on Call of Duty Modern Warfare, right? <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, I'll trace the level. I'll kill all the people that are on, like, the outskirts of the level. But, you know, now you're doing it in parkour where it's like, okay... I'm going to cut through the office building because I know that's like a good shortcut. Oh, there's a hook shot over here that I could use. Maybe I could slide here. That feels really good. And the only problem it has for me is just that I get tired of those three objectives after cycling through them like two, three times at most. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it's great that you are able to like play as long as you are and that all of these modes have a progression to them there are unlocks that come with scoring well in each of these modes. And I'm not talking about just specifically the achievements, which unlock cosmetics like your glove, your pistol, and your grapple hook. But like the very first thing you'll unlock in any of these modes is going to be health packs. So there's kind of like, I almost want to say roguelike element to it, where you're like, mm -hmm. you're replaying it, trying to get a better score. But like, as you're replaying the same experience, you're gaining either like a new item or some sort of like new modifier to go with the run. I would totally dig like an actual roguelike with this core set of mechanics where you start out no gun, no grappling hook, etc. Yes. And then you're like, oh, sweet, I found my pistol. And then later, like I found a burst pistol and then like, I found super jump. I found grappling hook. I found I can make a zip line between two points in the environment where there wasn't one. Stacking up stuff so that each run, you're like, oh, cool. How can I leverage this thing that I found on this run? I don't even, I mean, personally, I don't even know if I would want it to just be on a per run basis. Like, I do kind of like the overarching, like, permanent progression of, like, okay, you scored this much, now for the rest of your runs, like, you'll have health packs spawn in the level. Or, like, mm. the second tier of that is getting a laser sight on your gun, which is sorely, sorely needed. I was having a lot yeah. of trouble shooting my targets, even when both they and I were just standing still. Like, it was such a pain to aim that gun. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a laundry list of things that they could add to it, make it easier to get the feeling that they're trying to invoke with the gameplay. And like some yeah. sort of aim assist is one of them. Yeah, for sure. I was just thinking of Pistol Whip when we were playing this. I was like, man, if I could action slide and just generally aim in the direction and pa, like it's just it's done. It knows I want to kill them. That would be great. Yeah. Sliding is another example. You bring that up. So. I don't know if we mentioned this, but in order to slide when you're running, you just crouch down in real life and you slide. You can slide under obstacles. Right. But you must be sprinting first. So you got to be pumping those arms and then crouch because you got to have the added momentum. But I feel like they could lean into that a lot more. Like a good example is Titanfall movement. In that oh, game, yeah. sliding feels just like amazing. And in this it's really only used in stride for like avoiding obstacles, but they could be using it for like if you crouch when you land, you like don't take as much damage and you 
get like a speed boost or like you know use it to dodge bullets or like there you know yeah i was using it that way in the time trials like i played all the time trial levels and you know after about four or five levels i was in the zone like oh man it just felt like i was playing mirror's edge all over again but like in a good way like <laughs> well i love mirror's edge but i'm i'm saying like this game isn't just a rip off of mirror's edge i'm saying like it gives me that good feel of like here's this level I am breaking it down and like getting mastery of it and like the mechanics I'm starting to intertw intertwine them and that's why like when I would reach like the finish line right I'm like double vaulting off of shit immediately crouching down so I could be sliding as soon as I hit the finish line and at one point I got really hyped because when I crouched down I thought that like I had fallen more quickly almost like you could like apply some sort of like insta slam onto the ground like gravity effect Ooh. like I, I totally feel that and something else that actually happened in, in the tutorial that I wish maybe would happen more often is like these drones it's like a new enemy these flying drones that will drop like mines or like tripwire traps will appear the tripwire mm -hmm. traps more often than not just seem like things to jump over or shoot where I would just want it to be like, oh, like either shoot or like slide under it. I don't know. Maybe just actually just the same amount of variety. Uh, it could also be RNG during my experience, <laughs> of course. But most of the times when I ran into the lasers, they were like, oh, we're just going to put it right in front of you. Like, even if you slide, like your freaking hair is going to trip the wire for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like it's a questionable decision of like here's a here's an obstacle that you can shoot it if you don't shoot it in time then you're just like penalized for moving forwards where it seems like everything in the game should be encouraging you to move forwards yeah so it could be like if you're moving fast enough you can outrun the explosion or something like that yeah or be able to like outrun the activation like the mine has to plant on the wall and then it goes like beep 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 beep, beep before it like shoots the laser across to sense you so maybe mm. if you're like keeping up with that drone like at breakneck speeds you can see the mine get placed down and know like oh like you either go for a jump or you go for a slide or you just pump like extra hard or whatever oh man another example is the zip line jumping off of the zip line at the end feels awful yes they need to add a launch to it yeah you can't use your jump off of it and there's collision right at the end so you're gonna stop moving and it's like guys your game is about moving forward it's like make the zip line part of that flowing experience as you're just gliding through the level basically yeah and again like don't stop the player's momentum right mm -hmm. you if anything want to pump that momentum up yo it's like player feedback okay this is where your juice is in this game is that momentum that sense of being the coolest fucking parkour person in the world and part of that is doing kind of hyper cool shit given that you're in vr like in regular life you're not really gonna like grab a zip line with your hand and have the power to like launch yourself up and off of it like a few meters or whatever but in vr that's absolutely something we can do yeah something you can do in the climb too and that feels great another example are the doors in this game so there, there are doors that you can bust through just like, like putting your hand out and they like slam open. There's yeah. haptics on the controller. It feels awesome to bust through a door running. But also 
in arena, they have a bunch of doors that you can't bust through. They're just That's set so dressing. That's so annoying, yeah. And they, they even they... have illuminated green, like, stair exit signs over them, like, calling them out, but they're not real doors. And then, like, you slam into it, you stop 100%. You're like, oh, this isn't this isn't a real door. Whoops. Like, Yeah, exactly. Like, I think I ran into a door that was, like, granted it was kind of just painted over white or whatever but i was like it has a handle i'm just gonna have to try it because i need like i see my objective marker through this door i just want to go straight and then yeah you just run into what is essentially a wall and Mm -hmm. then you're like all right well i guess i'm the asshole let me go (laughs) navigate somewhere else the other thing i wanted to add on though to the cool feeling of busting through this door and it's especially cool if there's like you hear like an enemy or two spawn behind the door and you just bust in activate the slow motion and you're like bah 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 Uh, or or you fucking slide through the door and like you take the guys out before then like going out the other exit uh it's really cool jumping through the glass i know i mentioned that's like it presented a lot of technical issues and stopped my momentum but once i was in arena mode and like it wasn't breaking my game to jump through glass. I just started really like getting into the role play of it. And I was like, I was pumping my arms, jumping. I would like X my, you know, X formation my arms as if I'm like blocking because it just looks so much cooler to see my hands like going to guard my face as glass like shattered yeah. as I pass through it. Rather and I was than like, running headfirst through plate glass. And exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, like, gosh that's just such a cool feeling and then oh obviously on top of that like if you're crashing through glass and there's an enemy like in front of you you're now doing this like whole slow-mo ordeal where either you crash through the glass first or you shoot like several rounds into the glass to like get the (laughs) get the shot off the thing that i was super desiring just to cap off this experience uh point the thing i was highly desiring was some sort of melee like that's in mirror's edge And that is something that is, like, unique to Mirror's Edge is, well, somewhat, because I guess Dying Light is out there now as well, but, like, Mirror's Edge had parkour-based melee, and there were many instances where I was like, ooh, I want to slide up to you and kick you in the nuts, or I want to, like, do a jump kick so you get off this fucking building. Like, there's such a cool moment in Mirror's Edge that you often see when, like, YouTubers make retrospective videos on the game where Faith is making her way up this, like, under-construction tower exterior right and this guard with a shotgun comes out from around the corner and it's it's a very like intentionally scripted like punch this guy slow-mo activates and he flies off the building like thousands of feet down and you're just like that's so cool like that needs to be in stride like i feel like that's like the next level shit for stride is like figuring out how do you take this awesome like vr mobility set how can you possibly integrate melee into that? I don't know right. if that's for sure the next level thing, but that is a question nobody has yet answered in this medium. They have melee. Like, you can you can bonk enemies on the head with your gun or whatever, but it's so underwhelming. You should reward the player for, like, running into an enemy at full speed or, like, catching them unaware, right? Like, coming down on top of them, like, do a takedown. Yeah, you 100%. Know? So I guess, like... Yeah, just this game, what it does well, it does really well at hitting that parkour fantasy, you know, hyper ex- experience. Like you're doing this cool stuff that's cooler than real life um, and re- like really living out that fantasy. Even the points, you know, 
I guess we were hammering on the whole keep up the player momentum thing. But there was one point in arena where I stopped and I was like, how the heck am I going to get up there? And then I like looked around and took the stairs. I was like, oh, there's some stairs. And I just like, <laughs> ran up a flight of stairs. And like, even though I wasn't parkouring through it, like that also felt good because it was kind of part of the fantasy. Yes. Uh, again, I'm just going to keep bringing up Mirror's Edge because I freaking love it so much. And I think it does tie well to this game. But in Mirror's Edge, you had runner's vision, right? Like the, the fantastical element that this seasoned parkour veteran can just tell you, the player who's like a newbie, what is the best path or what are the best options to use? And you were kind of activating that yourself. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, I got to use this bounce pad to get to here. It's like, no, I need to find like the fastest route possible. And right now, that's not me like clamoring over this wall. It's just taking the stairs, which is like, <laughs> you know, uh, like principally antithetical to parkour, unless yeah. you're doing like wall running up the stairs or something. But like the pathfinding, again, we mentioned it like earlier in this episode, like the experience of mapping out the level becoming more familiar with that level environment which like as far as i can tell the arena does not change like it's the same level geo every single time yeah i think so and i think that's great much like with the time trial maps like you want to keep that consistent geo so people can have a control variable that they then test their plans against it also feels kind of like a logic puzzle in your head, I guess, now that I think about it, right? Like, you mm -hmm. had to stand in place and figure out, like, how do I reach this location? And it became a platforming puzzle for a moment. Yeah. And it's nice that that can happen in, like, a split second, almost. Like, you're running along a rooftop, and you're like, okay, I gotta get over there. And you're like, look left, look right. And you're, like, evaluating your choices. And you can't necessarily see, like, what's around that corner. But, like, I think I'm gonna, you know, hop up here and, and go over there and... Like, uh, it just, that part of the game feels so good. Yeah, and I want to call out that there's still something bigger to come for this game. Like, there's already three modes in here, and it's a very kind of arcade-focused game. But in the first or second Steam post by the developer, they said that phase one was to flush out the arcade side of this game. And phase two, and again, this is back in like 2020, more closer to when the game first came out on Steam Early Access, phase two to them was very explicitly adding a story mode to the game, which excites me greatly because probably my favorite mode, I suppose, in this game would be the time trials because... It is very clearly like, oh, here's this level, you know, run through it, figure out the fastest way to run through it, keep running through it. And that's what I liked about Mirror's Edge story mode versus, say, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, where all these levels are like, you know, very straightforward, like, yeah, but I can figure out these wild, cool ways to like do them better, uh, as opposed to then having to have this open area and like run around all that. Yeah. Let's talk about the fact that this game is early access and is being worked on iteratively. Because we've talked about this in previous episodes on a number of games. We've talked about it with Blaston, Demio, Pistol Whip. There's a number of VR games that are doing this model of, you know, releasing updates to a game and iterating on its core, not just releasing new content necessarily. Yeah. It's not only VR games that are doing this. It's 
very common, especially in the indie space, to release in early access and get an early core of people who are really into the idea of your game and then keep building up on that concept, keep selling that promise better and better and better, and then finally releasing and maybe upping the price. But I think this model works especially well for VR because, we've said this before, you don't necessarily know what's going to work until you get it into the headset. And so it's just like very expensive and risky to develop a full game without getting it into people's hands. And you can do testing during development, but it's maybe better and easier to survive as a dev if you release like an early version of the game that has a good kernel of gameplay, you know, core mechanics, good loop, and then build on it and build your community with that. And that's what Stride is doing. Yes, exactly. Something worth noting, too, is that on Steam, it's very clearly called out as early access, but Stride is also available now on PSVR and the Oculus Quest storefront. So I do think it's a little interesting that, like, on Steam, it's very clearly saying, hey, it's early access, like, we're still developing this, blah, blah, blah. That, I'm just saying, is very different from presenting yourself on the PlayStation storefront or, say, the Oculus Quest storefront, where it's not called out that, like, hey, this is in quote-unquote early access. But we are saying here that early access for this game, at least on Steam, just means, like, hey, this is going to keep getting updated and we're still figuring out, like, where the game is going. Yeah, I think that's smart of the devs. Um, cause it's, I wouldn't even go as far to say it's like strange. I think it's playing to different expectations of the audiences on those different platforms. I think the people buying on Oculus are maybe more casual, don't necessarily have like this strong, like, oh, we're gamers. We understand the space. Whereas on Steam, you know, early access means a very specific thing. People have expectations around that. So yeah, getting it to a point where the game is good enough to release and you people aren't going to be mad and be like, oh, this is unfinished. But then like adding more is, is then just like a bonus for the, the people on Oculus. And, it you know, keep gets it showing up in their feeds, makes it discoverable. And yeah, and I think something that's worth noting is that it didn't go to other platforms until it finished phase one. Once it had its three modes of arena, timed, run, and endless, that point is where it started branching out of of the platforms. Right. Which I think is definitely a much more reasonable like point to release yourself on a larger level and call yourself not early access on other platforms. Yeah, another example of this is the way that they did their multiplayer alpha, uh, which is they released it as a separate app that was only available to people who had bought the game on Steam. And so it was like more convenient than distributing keys directly via Discord or something. But, you know, they aren't running the servers all the time. We tried playing it. The servers weren't up at the time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's this sort of very limited. It's only available to, to maybe more enthusiast uh, players who are on Steam. Um, but it's a very intelligent decision of like, we want to roll out this feature, but, you know, we want our presentation on different platforms to potentially be different because user expectations are different on different platforms. Exactly. And Steam seems to be a much more hospitable place when it comes to games that are actively in development. It's definitely the Wild West on Steam. <laughs> yeah. 
And for sure, like, I think with most of their modes, they have tested out some beta version of it through Steam for like a month or two before they actually integrate it into the main branch of the game. And like when it does reach that point, that's when it then like echoes out to like the PSVR version and, and the other versions. So it seems like, you know, they're really just keeping in touch with like their diehard community or since I guess Steam is like the first place they launched, it's going to be their diehard community because that's where they can be found. But yeah, that's also where they can then reach out to this community to test the things and give feedback on the experimental stuff that they're trying before then exposing everyone else to it. The game right now is at a very interesting place where, you know, it's got this sort of full quote unquote release where it's like, okay, it's on other platforms. It's got these three modes that they wanted to get out. You know, they've spent a lot of time iterating but also, as we were saying earlier in the episode, and we didn't get into all of our nitpicks, but there's a lot of roughness in the game still that is excused by it being early access. But I think it's really at a little bit of a crossroads where it's what are the devs going to prioritize working on in this game? Are they going to work on making the menus more navigable, making the snapping of the camera position when you're traversing stuff smoother? Are they going to you know, fix all these like little issues with the UX, the player experience moment to moment that maybe reduces the enjoyment, or are they going to work on larger features? Are they going to do a single player, you know, story style thing? Are they going to do multiplayer fully into the game with like tag and all these different game modes, King of the Hill, that kind of thing? Like what direction are they going to go in terms of prioritizing development on this game? The decision that they make there is going to impact the future of the game. And I can't say that personally, I have a strong idea of which direction is actually better for this particular game. Same. Me personally, I would like a story mode. Something that is like a set progression of levels that introduce mechanics over time and, you know, has some sort of like narrative carrot to pull me through the levels. But ultimately, these levels have like multiple paths I could go down to reach the same like point. That's why I would replay these levels and like be able to explore and stuff like that. But my developer brain thinks that the multiplayer update would actually be more beneficial and I'm kind of loosely calling that based off of like my experiences with, say, Gorilla Tag or like Echo Arena, maybe even Walkabout Mini Golf, where like multiplayer that's good and fun helps to blow up that player base, right? Like if you have people playing Tag, which I think was the mode in multiplayer, it's like some sort of like Halo Zombies infection mode, but it's Tag. I think that would open up to a lot more people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like it doesn't provide a long and or constantly changing novelty to its pacing like it's just okay i'm gonna jump in the multiplayer we're gonna have this emergent story where we play tag with each other and then it's gonna be done mm -hmm. it would it, it's not gonna be like oh i spawned with like no gun uh i didn't know how to grapple hook swing but then by level three i got the grapple hook and there was this wild section where i was basically like spider-man swinging from like crane to crane to crane to reach the lizard like super quickly or something like that so 
that's kind of what I'm yeah. thinking. Like personally, I would want a story mode, but I think for the developer side of things, the multiplayer might be a bigger boon. And personally, from from my perspective, I would prefer if the devs worked on polishing what's already in the game. You know, there's like so many hiccups, you know. Yeah. Like make the gun easier to holster and unholster. It's kind of finicky right now. You know, make the end of the game more clear, like when you die and like the end screen, like give that juice and, and polish, make the menus more navigable, you know, fix the graphical hitch on the glass, like take what's there and like sand it down, get rid of all the rough spots. Like mm-hmm. that's what I would prefer. But again, as I said, I don't really know what's best for this game. I think that's where analytics and like data collection would really come in. And I hope the devs do have some system to collect detailed data on play experience because when you have that sort of information you know you like obviously don't release it to the public so we we don't have it but if you're looking like what's the average play time you know both you know hopping into the game and playing a bunch of rounds when Mm -hmm. players stop playing but also like are players dying after using a particular feature are they dying in one spot of the map are they is is no one using the grappling hook maybe the grappling hook isn't very discoverable as a feature like There's all these things that you can see when you have that kind of data of like, where does the game need improvement? Where are players getting hung up? Is there something that's turning players off from the game? You can use reviews, you can use playtesting, but analytics is, I think, where, you know, once you have a a live game like this, you can really get a lot of insight into what will benefit the game most to, to prioritize. Yeah, and I think story mode is actually a good place for these improvements to happen. Because Mm. in multiplayer, I don't think you're going to be focusing too much on like the mechanics feel of things like you're fo- you're focusing on like the the networking aspect and you know everyone is like colliding correctly and you know you can get into the multiplayer basically the smoothness of getting in and out of multiplayer I think would be the key point and then making sure the game itself actually like plays but story mode I think that would have so much more emphasis on the player experience like moment to moment plus like the mechanical Mm. journey that that would probably hold their feet to the fire more so than multiplayer to start like you said sanding down the rough edges right like if it's now hey we're gonna build a whole office space level where you got to keep crashing through glass and like half the player base is like yo i'm trying to play on air link and this is just destroying my experience (laughs) or something right that then signals to the devs like hey we have a lot of upset players and we have been good to them so far and we want to keep a good relationship with them so let's go ahead and improve this part because this is going to get bumped into by literally everybody interesting my intuition is actually kind of different Mm -hmm. from that my intuition is that focusing on the arcadey game modes single player still but rather than a more curated designed story side of things Mm -hmm. like when you are introducing a campaign or something like that now the focus of the player becomes this crafted content, right? Like if you can tell a good story, either literally a narrative or in terms of player progression by building out a level of like, oh, this is the level where I smashed through a bunch of bunch of glass, like that's cool in itself. But when you're focusing on a more arcadey game mode like Endless or Time Trial, that's where the low level mechanics come into focus. And that's where polishing those really benefits play. 
Ah, okay. So you're thinking focus on the three modes that are there and get that very like core set that we were talking about. Get that on lock. Make sure the momentum is there and doesn't get stopped by anything. And once you have that great sense of momentum and these other bugs either massaged or, you know, taken care of, then put priority towards new content like story mode or like fleshing out multiplayer. That's what you're thinking? That's certainly my intuition. Um, And also, you know, personally, like, I'm very wary of relying on feedback from engaged members of your community. Because if you're just talking to fans and using their feedback, like they love the game already. Mm -hmm. They are okay with all of its warts. They're going to say, you know, what's next? Like, are you going to put in a campaign? Are you going to add more multiplayer modes? They're not necessarily the average player that's like, oh, it's kind of like wonky to use the zip line. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, like, unless you have players in your community who are like really good at game design, but that's not their job. So that's like my intuition is if you start relying a lot on hardcore community feedback like that, you're going to end up deprioritizing the things that will make the game more appealing to a mass audience. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't have insight into their internal dev process. So maybe I'm totally off base here. So now that you've heard us speak about Stride at length, we're going to tell you, listener, go out, play it. Like, it's definitely worth picking up on whatever platform you've got. If you're a fan of parkour games, if you've played Mirror's Edge ever, like, this will be for you. For me, a good comparison point is if you like the opening sequence of Casino Royale, the James Bond movie, where he's chasing the guy who's doing parkour through this urban environment. Like, if you're into that kind of fantasy, definitely check out Stride. Like, it it hits that note really well. And, you know, Mirror's Edge, of course, but if you don't know what Mirror's Edge is, that's a good comparison point. If you're looking for a game that delivers that, Stride is one to check out. Yep, and again, you could pick up Stride on Oculus Quest and Steam. If you liked this episode of Head Mounted Destinations, find a friend, make them listen to it. Word of mouth helps us out. To get notified about new episodes, go to headmountedpodcast.com and sign up for our email list. You can listen to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to discuss this episode or suggest future topics or games to discuss, visit our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash headmountedpodcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you at the next Head Mounted Destination.